Hello, everyone. Welcome back to It Was All a Stream. I am Chris here with my co-host and cousin, Neil. What's going on? Nothing. Just catching up. Had a good movie experience this week. Got back in theaters. Yes. I. Uh, you went to go see Nope. I did. I went last weekend. So we are going to talk. Uh, this is going to be a Nope-centric and Jordan Peele-centric podcast. Um but yeah. there's one show that you know we talked a lot about on this uh, podcast, Absolutely. and we should do a little check in because we haven't we haven't checked in on this show uh, for a couple episodes. Um, let's check back in with our our crew in Only Murders in the Building. I here's where I stand on that. Um, I think it was okay that we missed a week or two there because. I, the last two episodes were just all right for me, dog. Like, they were just okay. And uh, nothing extreme or extraordinary. A few, uh, you know, slight jumps along the way. Everybody's still performing, doing peak performance. But I, I expected a little bit more. I felt like they were slowing down. Did you feel a little lull there? Yeah, I mean, this is this is a tough like weekly check in because mm. one, it's only half an hour, and it's not very like. Um, I mean, it's serialized, but it's not very um, genre y. I guess yeah. you know what I mean. Like, um, the the emphasis, while yes, there is a mystery going on, and that's interesting, and seeing what the the little loose threads that they're trying to pull together um the focus on for the show is the the comedy Mm -hmm. and and the humor in it and putting these characters in funny situations and they're Um, doing a good job so in that sense they're doing a great job because this is a fun show it's hilarious and this is what worries me maybe i was disinterested because the last two episodes it was like too much heart there was too much like always oh, going to direct the son's play, which had its funny moments. Always oh, doing this. That. Oh, you know, they're uh, talking to the police officer who's got the child and blah, blah, blah. And that was a funny exchange with the show tunes. So, you know, maybe I was a little worried about myself because it was too much. It was a lot of the feels. I was like, Meh. But you probably should be worried about yourself. I probably, I probably should be concerned. Um, no, I, you, know what I, you know what I think too. it maybe is. Maybe that was it. And here's really, and I don't like to disparage anybody. We like to be pretty positive Absolutely. on this podcast, but um, there's just so much focus. I feel like even more so this season on uh, Selena Gomez's character. Yes. And she is the least interesting character yeah. on the show. She's just, it's... And the character herself is interesting because there's a lot going on with her and there's a lot of mystery behind that 100%. character. But the way that she's being played, like Selena Gomez is so dry and monotone. And like, I don't understand the appeal of her. And I don't understand <laughs> why people gravitate towards her, like the character, because of the way she's playing her. I don't understand why like these guys like her. I just, I don't get it. That's maybe there's something to that. Like maybe that, but, but then again, she's basically our generation. She's not that much younger than us. 
but maybe there's something to this like disinterested monotone characterization that appeals to to people i don't know but i agree she's you know she's perfectly fine she's serviceable she's doing a great job holding her own we spoke highly of her in the first season but that's a hard character to follow that's a hard one to follow so yeah it's a tough sell it's a tough sell um but i still love the show i mean it's tough to to knock steve martin and uh, martin short they're doing the lord's work all right all right let's let's get to the main attraction here let's talk nope everyone should have had a chance hopefully to go out in theaters and see this um this is going to be a spoiled discussion this will not be spoiler free so um this is your alert. It will be spoilerific. Yes. Let's talk. Nope. Give me your overarching um, review of Nope. What did you think? What were your um, uh, overall feelings? My overall feelings are here. Okay. Here's what I would say describing this movie I would say it's a good summer. Uh, movie but i don't know that it's a blockbuster and it gave me what i wanted but i think it's going to take time to find its appeal i think i think this is going to be a cult film not a mainstream film like the way get out and everything was what do you think so and and i've got i've got deeper thoughts oh yeah 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 but overall i enjoyed myself um it was worth seeing in the theater for me um i thought it was a solid movie um i think one of the things we could get into this a little deeper too um with jordan peele is he has Mm. set his benchmark so high yes with get out on how we judge all the his future movies that's true too um that it, you know, it's tougher. Like, I think a lot of people knock this movie more because they're comparing it to Get Out. I think they did the same thing with Us as well. People didn't like Us as much. And I think they're doing the same thing with Nope, um, which I, I don't think they should. I, I think this is coming in, like you said, as underrated right, right now because of that and it's not going to be so mainstream it's going to get its cult following and 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 it'll pick up steam later in life later on in its life but do you think because going in i was i had very little expectations in as much as knowing what to expect not like i didn't expect it to be good or anything like that but i was kind of on the lookout for a get out type message uh social commentary of some sort but i didn't i wasn't i didn't really like as i was watching it that wasn't clear to me so i don't think it was as large of one um right and you know i've i you know watched a couple of youtube videos and stuff like that it seems like the commentary was on spectacle yeah and it wasn't about interpersonal stuff. No, it, it was a it was a commentary on our world's need 
and how we handle spectacle. Right. Right. So like you take this group, everyone, no one's trying to, the, the way that this was spun on its head a little bit is most like extraterrestrial um, movies, most alien movies is we need to find out more about the aliens. Yes. No one in this movie had interest in that. All they nope. had interest in was the spectacle of how the do we aliens. make it work for us? How do we make it work for us? How do right. we profit off of it? Like, that's it. There was no plan beyond that. And I think, you know, I think that's fairly accurate. And it's a, definitely a different spin from what we've gotten previously with alien movies. 100%. I'm a big fan of, of this genre. I'm a big horror movie fan, I'm a big alien movie fan. Um, so this was checking a lot of boxes for me. The biggest fear I had was, is this going to be cerebral? And is this going to be um, like one of those where they're playing with your head and you're not going to see something? So spoiler alert, you see the, you know, the alien in question or the, the monsters, the aliens. Um, I was worried about that. I was like, oh, you know, and then about an hour in, we've got a full view. I'm like, okay, this is what we're looking at. This is what it is. They're not hiding it. It's not like, oh, look over there. Oh, this, that, you know, it was, we're dealing with a monster. What I thought was great was, spoiler alert, it's not a ship. It's not aliens, plural coming in a ship the thing they're seeing flying around is the alien yes that was cool that was a cool way of doing it that was a, that was the twist of the movie right i think some people might have found that a bit of a lackluster twist given mm -hmm. what we've gotten previously from jordan peele but again i think they're setting that expectation unreasonably because i thought this was a this was a cool idea it was a cool idea. And the other thing too, like, again, I think this will be cult. I don't think this is a blockbuster. Um, I'm sure it's going to make its money back, but the, like when I went to go see it, I saw a four o'clock show on a Saturday and you know, there was like five people, but you know, that's, that's not saying anything. The thing I, I think deserves credit. I haven't seen this movie before. Like sometimes you go to an alien movie, a horror movie, and you've seen that movie before. Like this is different, but you've seen the tropes, you've seen the stuff. Like this is something new. I really, I have not seen this version of an alien movie, which yeah, I thought I think was, was worth it. Leading into the movie, a lot of people were basically saying that this was, um, this was Jordan Peele's version of a Spielberg movie. Okay. And my assumption was okay, like ET or um, Close Encounters, something right. like that. But in my mind, this was more influenced and closer related to Jaws. Yes. This was I very agree. heavily. It, this was basically Jaws, but the sharks and alien. Right, but it's in the sky. Yeah, exactly. Right. The, it's the in the sky, sky and it's an alien. 
I totally agree with that assessment. Yes. You know, you, you with get a little like Jurassic Park it. sprinkled in. Yes. It was more now, closely related to those types of Spielberg movies than it was his actual sci-fi alien movies. 100%. With the suggestion that this is not the first of these things, you know, that it was like, so the idea, the conceit of the film is they run this horse ranch, uh, him and his father, the sister's kind of estranged, but she comes back and you know, they, they train horses for movies. So it's about breaking a wild animal and training it. So when this alien shows up, the whole thing is like, well, obviously it's decided this is its territory and it's going to defend its territory. And it's got a certain style of movement and a style of, uh, you know, you don't want to spook it. And there's all these correlations to, to the horses and callbacks and all that. Um, but to briefly talk about the cast, which I think is important. I think Daniel Kaluuya did an excellent job. I'm, I'm enjoying him more and more the more I watch him. But Keith David, who plays his father, is one of my favorite actors. Okay. And I feel like Daniel Kaluuya did an excellent job of acting like David Keith that I was almost like, did they, you know, they just, they felt, it felt like father and son. It really did. Yeah. It was a very close, you know, connection there. David Keith, amazing. They live, he was in and which I like, and obviously this wasn't lost on um, Jordan Peele. Uh, David Keith was in the original, or not the original, the remake of The Thing. Okay. With Kurt Russell. Not, you know, huge alien movie. So I think that was a, a nice callback. I think he did a great job. It was nice to see, um, it was nice to see uh, Steven Yun again. Yep. Haven't seen him since his uh, Walking Dead days. I mean, he's done some stuff. Yeah, he's been doing some stuff. Yeah. Um, but I, I have to say, the treat for me and I don't know if you you know him, but I don't know if you appreciate him, was Michael Wincott. Okay. Okay. Michael Wincott was the essentially the bad guy in The Three Musketeers from 1993. He's oh, got wow. the voice You're going like real this. back. Yeah. Yeah. And I love his voice. He was in that. He was in County Monte Cristo. And he was in Alien Resurrection. Okay. Which was in the fourth was the fourth alien movie with Sigourney Weaver where he kind of played like a, an, an action hero type. And I dug it. I was like, I, I'd watch this guy do things. He's so interesting. And I thought he played the part of a um, weird, weirdo artist very well. Yeah. So that was, all, that was all a plus for me. Yeah, he was, uh, he was pretty good. I, I also think we need to shout out, I thought... Um, Kiki Palmer did an excellent job. Oh, yeah. Very charismatic, um, fun character that she played. And then the newcomer, um, Brandon, oh, Brandon Perea. Hysterical. He was great. Yes. He, he was great. He's a, you know, budding star. Um, yeah, everyone doing absolutely. their thing. I agree with you that uh, Daniel Kaluuya, I like that he is um, to Jordan Peele or starting to be 
uh, what someone like maybe like Leonardo DiCaprio is to Martin Scorsese or yes. you know what I mean, where they're kind of a, a pair and forever linked now. Um, I like that dynamic. I do like that dynamic. I, I think like some people bristle at that when they recycle the cast, but you know what, when, a, when a director can get the best out of, you know, when there's a marriage of director and actor, ride it till it don't work no more. And it's working. Absolutely. It's working. Absolutely. How did you feel? How did you feel about the monster itself? The alien? Um, it was a little underwhelming. Yeah. A little bland, me. right? A little bland, scary, sure, in in its own way, you know. I, but I like. Would you agree that the atmosphere around it and like what was happening as a result of it, the stuff dropping out of the sky, the kind of rain of blood, I felt like that was scarier well, than the creature. What was scarier to me was the um, the claustrophobia hmm. of the creature. When yeah. if it gets you, right, right, that's and you're in what, it like, and you're because when they show like inside when you're that trapped was, inside, like that, that was hard to watch. That's what freaked me out. Yeah, that was hard to watch. And that's when you, everyone in the theater realizes, oh, that's the alien. Yeah. Up until that point, yep. I'm I'm still thinking it's a UFO. I'm Which, not realizing until he eats all the people that that's the alien. And that's a clever, again, a clever idea to use this notion that like, you know, that, that beam, beam me up, you're getting beamed up by the alien ship is really the, the alien sucking you up into its mouth. You know, I thought that was a really cool thing. So I, you know, this is, this was good for me. Like I, I would probably watch this again before i watched like us okay so that was going to be my next question for you is where would you rank this of the three yeah where would you rank it i think i'd have to rank it second i think it's it's get out nope this is us okay okay i think for me i would flip flop um but not nope. this is us and, us. and yeah right. this is us by jordan peele by jordan peele right um i would flip-flop and i would have um this get out happen. us and then nope understood understood not to say that nope is bad um and great use of the title in oh. the movie i'm always a big fan of when they use the title in the movie Absolutely. but this was such a funny way to do it it's like some sort um, of when he's just in the car and he knows the aliens above him he's and he's peeking up and it like starts stirring he's like nope and and i i like that it wasn't overplayed yeah it was perfect that's exactly what you would do in that situation nope <laughs> absolutely nope not and doing it, was, it i'm not coming out it was Perfect. It was absolutely yeah. perfect. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, though, they did get me when when he was in that uh, when he was in the barn early on. Yeah. Before it's revealed, spoilers, that it's the kids from the 
Jupiter Farms or whatever it is, um, you know, in masks, I was like, holy oh, Christ, yeah. th this Same. is creepy. Same here. I was like, oh, my God, those are the aliens. Right. I was like, oh, OK. I was like, that's kind of cool right looking. Yeah. Like, yeah, I was into I was. And yeah, that was tense. That was definitely tense. Yeah. I agree with you. Um, I, I don't I listen, Jordan. And it was a visually a great looking film as well. It felt, you know, while it was sci fi, it kind of felt like a Western to me. Maybe it's the horses, but. It just, it had that, totally. you know, that feel. Totally. I could, uh, I could see that. Yeah. So, but I, I dug it. I want to see more from Jordan Peele. I want him to kind of like Tarantino does. I, I'd like to ha see if he would try his hand at every genre of film, but keep doing horror because he's nailing it. Yes. Well, I mean, he, the, the thing that I think he really likes is more of like a it's like a Twilight Zone vibe. You know what I mean? It's not so much horror. It's it's like these high concept tur essentially turning a Twilight Zone episode into a movie. I like that description. I could see that. Absolutely. Which makes sense because he was the guy producing the Twilight Zone remake on and like, is, Paramount Plus. It is a shame that that did not make it. Yes, definitely a shame. Um, let's do some rolling or trolling, shall we? Let us. Sylvester Stallone. Interesting. Not happy that it looks like there is going to be a Creed spinoff uh, called uh -huh. Drago. And well, he is extremely upset, and he has said that the the people who own the rights to the Rocky franchise are parasites. And he called out specifically Dolph Lundgren for not telling him about the plans of the movie in advance. Well, okay, let's let's go first. I'm trolling Stallone in this. Okay, let's go through this one. Stallone made five of these. So he's no stranger to milking something for everything it's worth. Okay. Two, he saw the opportunity with Creed, jumped right in, and milked that as much as he could as well. Yes, he did. Three, he just re-released a, a, a re-edited version of Rocky Four, where he fights Ivan Drago. So that was recently in everybody's mind. Yeah. And I love me some Dolph Lundgren, but he is certainly not on the same pay scale as Sly Stallone. Right. So for number five, I think I'm up to five. Uh, let's let Dolph get a payday. You stop being yeah, such a greedy and, jerk. Yeah. And I think Dolph uh, like said publicly too that, you know, he hasn't even seen a script. Like, there's no script. Yeah. It's just they're talking to him. He's like, he doesn't agree to anything. Like, it's still in the planning stage. Like, it's yeah. not like this is a go. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm trolling Stallone, too. I think he's uh, getting a little bit of an ego check here. Yeah. Um, apparently, Taron Edgerton okay. turned down the role of Han Solo for Solo, A Star Wars Story. How do you think that would have played out? Do you Would you have enjoyed that better taron edgerton 
Would I have enjoyed that? I, I don't think the problem is the actor. Like, I didn't think the problem with that movie is the actor. Yeah, I, um, I agree with that. I, the actor gets all the blame because of the stories that we would hear while the movie was getting made. Yeah. But I don't think he was, I didn't think he was bad. And for the record, I didn't think that was that bad of a movie. Agreed. I didn't think it was that bad. Of I a enjoyed movie. it. I don't think, you know, I think the guy they got probably looked more like Harrison Ford. I think Taron Edgerton did a great job with, you know, portraying Elton John. I think he's enormously talented. Yeah. But I'm not. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it would have made a difference for me. I'm, I'm going to slow roll troll. I'm going to be like, you know what? I'm neutral on this. I don't think it matters. Um, this was kind of the biggest news, um, over the last week or so, um, Warner brothers has merged with discovery. Right. Since then, a lot of things have been happening with HBO max. Um, one of them being that a bunch of the, uh, max originals that have come out have been removed from the platform things like the american pickle that seth rogan movie not on the platform anymore there was an anne hathaway quarantine movie taken down um but the biggest being that the um almost completed batgirl movie starring leslie grace and featuring michael keaton's return as batman has recordedly been canceled after spending to date 90 million dollars on the movie um new leadership said that it did not work now things have come out saying that it seems like this is going to be a tax write-off for the company they're going to write it off as a loss um because they felt like it was um an in-between movie it wasn't small enough to warrant being put on the platform, and it was not big enough to warrant putting in the theaters. How? I, I must be really, really poor because ninety million to me is uh, like uh, how is that an in between? I guess these superhero movies are going for $200 million, the Marvels, the Avengers, the stuff like that. But a $90 million Batman bringing back uh, Michael Keaton, all the fanfare that's gone around it. I, we have to break this down into a couple things. So first, the cancellation of that movie, insane. So we're just not going to get that movie. We are not. We are, I mean, pretty officially never getting that movie and that movie is basically done filming so like they made it i'm going to i'm going to attempt to look at this as positively as possible and say this allows us to put michael keaton where he belongs in a batman beyond movie okay 
So this reshuffle. Still going to be in the flash. The flash is still happening. I know. However. God help us all. The one movie they should get that, rid of. Right. The one like, movie where the, uh, the 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 most problematic actor that they have. Well, not right. the most problematic actor that Warner Brothers has because they have uh, Amber Heard as well. Oh Jesus, got, that's right. You know, Johnny Depp and and all of that. Um, the one thing that's up that there. And they're keeping that one because that's going to. So my understanding of this is that um, the the difference between because this was going to be a straight to HBO Max release, this was never meant to be a release in theaters. Right. So because of that, it was not made to be. I guess like a theater event movie, right? So mm-hmm. if they were to try to put it into theaters, they would have to do reshoots to make it bigger, and then they'd have to put more marketing into it, mo- dollars in, into yeah, their dollars marketing into to it, promote right? it, to promote people to go to the theater to see it. And after all that extra millions of dollars on top of the 90 million they already spent, they're going to end up saving money i think in the long run it's like a difference of like 20 million dollars by writing it off as a loss that they're going to save in taxes as opposed to spending 50 million more dollars on the movie i i and that's why they're doing it financially it sucks for fans because we wanted to see it like, I'd be interested to see it. It doesn't sound like either from people in the know and people who are in test screenings and everything um, who saw it, it does not seem like it was a bad movie. It wasn't, like, great. Um, a lot of people said, would I go see this in the theater? No, but I'd watch it on HBO Max, which right. was kind of the point of the movie and the problem that it unfortunately I... ran into. Again. Because I guess the difference between a... 90 million dollar movie getting people to watch uh, getting people to subscribe to hbo max yeah a 20 million dollar movie is negligible i guess and that's what these streamers are realizing thinking that may be that may very well be i think it's a waste i think it'll probably be one of those things that surfaces like you know five years from now they put out some dvd you know never before seen blah 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 but I'm just hoping this allows us to reshuffle Michael Keaton or seize the opportunity to make a $20 million version of Batman three with Michael Keaton, you know, a sequel to his Batman, like do something like that. Or I don't know, like there, there is an option out there. There's something out there. Having said that, Again, going backwards, Discovery buys Warner Brothers. There's the HBO Max fallout. I don't quite understand why they pull those movies in particular. However, what I did notice because I started watching it, and I would suggest this to you because I think it would be fun to talk about, Not obviously not episode by episode, but holistically, I am three seasons deep on the Wayne's Bros on HBO. Oh, okay. 
and Chris, oh my God, am I having the time of my life? <laughs> it is, I, it, I have forgotten watching that on, I think it was the WB. I forgot how funny that show was. And it got me reinvested in scary movies one and two. Okay. I, it was just great. I did a scary movie three and four just to try. They were terrible. Well, yeah. Once you remove, you know, the creative of team course. is terrible. Um, but scary movie one and two genius and the Wayne's bros TV show. Absolutely out of control. Hysterical. You should Love drop it. in for a couple episodes. I, I might have to, I might have to. Now, continuing on with WB, there was a lot of WB stuff. Um, it looks like Supergirl, there was a, a Supergirl movie in development. That looks like it's uh, in danger uh, of being canceled because that was going to be another HBO Max original. And yeah. Supergirl does feature, at very least, a cameo, if not some sort of role in the upcoming Flash movie. But it's not, uh, it's not our TV Supergirl. No. Yeah. Again, it's not. I, I don't think this is any big loss. I, I think she might have been something interesting. She was doing a great job with it, but uh, I we did. I don't think we needed a Supergirl movie right now. Mm-hmm. I yeah. I, I don't know how much interest I had in that. D- despite all the cancellations, we have a confirmation that Joker Two is coming October fourth, twenty twenty four, and it will star um joaquin phoenix making his return and lady gaga playing harley quinn and i believe they are going with it being a musical still i i am i'm you know i'm going to roll with this because what a what what a crazy choice to make this is, I mean, we know Joaquin Phoenix can sing. He did walk the line. He played Johnny Cash, et cetera. But what could possibly, whose crack-fueled mind did this emanate from? Todd Phillips. Todd Phillips. What the, are you doing with this? Are you rolling with this or trolling with this? Um, I... Part of me, and I think we've talked about this before, part of me wants to um, troll this because I just really disliked the first Joker. Right. Um, I didn't part hate of me, it. I did not. I thought it was really bad. Joaquin Phoenix was doing things, and that was fine. Um, you know, it was not an easy role for him to play. I could see the work he put in, so it's not a right. knock on him, but I did not, it just wasn't an enjoyable experience. Film. Like, I just don't want to see, I don't know. Like, it's tough for me to like feel bad for like an incel. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, Hold on. There we go. Sorry about that. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, but I don't know. Well, uh, We'll see how this goes. I mean, the other part of me is like, oh, well, everyone who really, really liked that first Joker is probably pissed about what's happening. Well, that's the the other thing, too. So that's kind of gives me 
you know, sick pleasure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, What are you going to do to your fan base? That is what the, what little one exists. Lastly for Warner brothers, um, they are going to adopt a 10 year plan similar to the MCU. Again, they said, quote, David Zaslov said, quote, he is the new uh, Warner Brothers Discovery CEO. Uh, We have done a reset. We've restructured the business where we're going to focus, uh, where there will be a team with a 10-year plan focusing on just DC. It's very similar to the structure at Disney. End quote. I'm fine with it. I have no problems with this. But, you know... Let's really take our time. Let's build it out. I again, let's make Mike uh, Michael Keaton a part of it. Let's give him a role to play. You know, you can get into the multiverses. This is I'm. I don't. I'm. Tro- I'm rolling with this. If we yeah. do it right, my thing. Here's my thing. What's your thing? Either have a universe that's cohesive right or don't but what we've gotten over the last 10 15 years of it's kind of in the same universe it's kind of not it's a multiverse by convenience because we've got these tv shows cartoons there's the cw tv shows there's the movies there's the um the you know dc universe slash then became HBO Max original like Titans shows that aren't actually connected to the CW. Right. It's like you have all these different pieces that are not co- either keep them separate or bring them together, but don't give me like there's a CW world, then there's a movie world, then there's a Titans world, then there's a Harley Quinn cartoon world, then there's a I, I'm Batman with movie world. Like it's here's, just... Here's what I would say though. Here's what I would say. Their biggest problem is going to be tone because for better or worse, the Marvel movies fell ass backwards into the same or similar tones where all these things could exist in the same world. But there was no way any version of Batman was going to exist in the Zack Snyder Superman world. That was not going to make sense ever. Um, You know, the Wonder Woman-esque style they created, that was not going to blend. That was not even really going to blend with their Superman world. Though they tried, they ramped up her powers and everything for the sequel. I just think they need to all agree on on a world, like you're saying, and then yeah. make the characters fit the world, not that they choose. You know, not yeah. reverse. Well, and the thing is, it seems like because my the they are building a Batman world right now with Matt Reeves as Batman. They've got two shows in development that I'm assuming are still going to be moving through because they're shows. They're not movies for HBO Max, so maybe right. that you know is makes it so that it's not as easily cancelable. Um, and they ha- we have a confirmed Batman 2 coming. Um, so, like, are you going to now fit the rest of the DC world 
into that universe because then on top of it the flash movie like we've said before is supposed to be a hard reset of the dc universe all the dc properties as well so it's like how are you gonna i'm having a tough time picturing that matt reeves batman world as being somehow cohesive with a multiverse where michael keaton's batman also exists you know what i mean and it takes away in my mind from the newest version of batman that we've just got right because tonally they're not the same even just the concepts are you can't make them fit i i couldn't agree with you more It, it they need to do a total system reset maybe they want to have this batman series on its own obviously they're getting the joker too you know i guess they there's room to do these things and what they might have to do is have you know a title above it like a star wars story blah 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 title yep you know han solo like you know have it be like you know what new 52 batman something yeah that's that sets their new world apart maybe could be could be that they do that um let's move on from warner brothers Uh, i've had enough of them in dc pat oswalt was in an interview the other day he voiced uh pip the troll in the uh cameo uh after credits uh, scene for the first Eternals and mistakenly or not mistakenly we don't know um, right. said that they have announced there is going to be an Eternal sequel and Chloe Zhao is going to direct it she is going to return to direct it um, they have not made that announcement so we don't know if he spilled the beans too early right. or he's just mistaken in general uh, but are you rolling or trolling Chloe Zhao, the director, returning and the Eternals returning for a sequel. I'm going to tell you what. I'm rolling with it. I'm rolling with it. I think it was wildly underrated, the Eternals movie. It was a bottom-of-the-barrel pick to go with that I think they did something great with. It didn't have the same success, and they didn't get a chance to make it the Guardians of the Galaxy style of taking a a bottom-of-the-barrel character. But we need we need the celestials in the marvel universe and the eternals are our link to the celestials so i'm good with it they made some changes i don't agree with but i i want to see more and i think she did a very serviceable job with that movie so i would roll with it how about you yeah i'd roll with it too i mean was it not it's certainly not a perfect movie right um but like i'm i'm in to see more eternals like i i think those characters are cool um i think there's more they could do with them yeah i think now that we don't need all the background history lesson stuff that they had to give us for such a large concept in the first that we could just roll with what's going. I'm certainly much more interested in the future of the Eternals than I am in the first movie. Right. Um, 
So I yeah, I'm 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 with it. I'm I'm it. Rolling. Finally. What we got? What's our what's our last one? Here is a quote from Quentin Tarantino. Ooh, all right, we are ending strong. I think Jaws is the greatest movie ever made. Maybe not the greatest film, but it's the greatest movie ever made. And it shows how badly timed most movies made before Jaws were. Okay, wait, let's replay that last part. It shows how badly timed yep. movies made most before- movies made before Jaws were. I think meaning the fact that they tried to make the movies, but because of when they were made, they weren't successful as opposed to if they made them today. Oh, so- if they lived in a post-Jaws world, the movies would have been bigger successes. I think more from a techno- technological sense. Okay. There were things that they could, couldn't could do right. back then that we could do now. So, like, they were doomed from the start because it's just you can't buy in. But with Jaws, despite the technological failings, you could buy into Jaws still. Despite the technology not being there for a movie like Jaws. Okay, okay. Because I, I, I think what Jaws he's saying is not a technical technological film, really. No, but I think what he's saying is like greatest movie ever made, meaning probably has the the best the highest success rate versus um what they had to do to actually physically make that film. To bring it about. And how they were making it. Cast in that light, I agree. I, I think I agree. I would roll with that. In that context, yeah. I think for what they had to do to accomplish it and what they had to do to accomplish it necessitated them changing it so that you didn't see the shark until later because the shark didn't work. And by doing that, you heightened the fear. Right. And that has since become a trope as a yep. result of Jaws. So I would, yes, I would agree. I think, I think that is, I would, I think that's a true statement. I would roll with that. Here's a question for you. What is the greatest film? The greatest film. Yes. <sighs> this is a big, big question. I, I'll say, I'll tell you what, I think the greatest film that has not one ounce of action or blood in it, but it moves, it's long, but it's not a waste of two hours. Uh-huh. And the second it's over, I can rewatch it, is The Color of Money. With Paul Newman and Tom Cruise. The color of money. I know. I know. And here's the thing. Interesting. Of course, of course Star Wars. Of course, uh, The Godfather. Of course, but those are movies with action sequences, with shootouts, okay. with this and that. The color of money is a sequel to The Hustler. And it, you know it's hard for me to give Tom Cruise any credit because I, I, I do not enjoy him as a, as a human person. But that movie is compelling beginning to end. It is dialogue driven. It is 
actor driven. And I think they're both doing a tremendous job. And, and Mastro, Mastro Montino, Linda or Mary Mastro Montino, whatever her name is, she did okay. an excellent job as well. So that might be the greatest, what I consider film. Yeah. Maybe not the greatest movie. What's, your, what's the greatest movie? What is your, okay, let's just do that. What is your favorite movie? Oof. There's a lot of them. It might sincerely be a toss up between The Godfather and Star Wars, although it might have to be the older I get, uh, Empire Strikes Back. I yeah. wanted it to be Star Wars, A New Hope. It might have to be Empire Strikes Back. I, I mean, I know for me, as far as the Star Wars films go, Empire Strikes Back, I think is, yeah. it, it is not only my favorite of the Star Wars films, but I do also believe that is the best of them. Um, n- not always do I find that my favorite is also the best of something. Right. Um, but what is we all know my favorite film is, is Die Hard. And, and that's there perfect. is no movie I could just watch Die Hard on repeat over and over and over and over again. I yeah. love Die Hard. It's the, it's the best. I love it. It's my that, that perfectly understandable answer. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right. Let's let's end it on that. Uh, we appreciate you all for listening to another episode of It Was All a Stream. Uh, if you are enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, subscribe, uh, like whatever it is you do um do it on whatever podcast platform you're listening on we are on all the major podcast platforms including but not limited to feels website to the screen.com it's blue the number two the screen.com that being said neil what do you gotta say to the people stream on everybody <laughs>